Hello, honeys, and welcome to the Samantha Diaries. I'm a trisexual. I'll try anything. Me badly once, shame on you. Me badly twice, shame on me. This guy is very sour, like asparagus gone bad or something. Hello, it's me. Hello, it's me. It's Julianne. Oh, and I'm Parker. And this is the first official episode of the Samantha Diaries because we had it in front of our eyeballs. The thing we've been waiting, uh, how long has it been since the second movie? Um, too damn long, like 11 years. <laughs> the thing we've been waiting uh, too damn long, maybe 11 years for. <laughs> And just like that, what's it called? A new chapter, a new sex in the city. What's it called? What's the, what's the subhead? New chapter of sex in the city. Yeah. yeah. Boring. Um, and just like that has graced our eyeballs and you're here because you want to hear a little discussion and we've got you honeys. <laughs> <laughs> Parker, I'm still reeling over here. Ugh. Big news, big news. Big news. I died. A part of me died with him today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no laughing matter, of course. My condolences to the unhappy family. <laughs> Dead joke. It's too soon. Stop. <laughs> yeah, so we should say up top that if you have not watched and just like that, well, too late, but we're getting into it. So you better go watch it and then come right back because we're about to have some some hot discussion of and just like that. Episode one. Hello, it's me. Uh, yeah, so Julianne, like, what do you think? Uh, do you have any like, well, actually, no, no, no. Before you, I have something that before I even press play, I was pissed about. And, uh, you know, you might remember from our introductory episode that I have less experience in love um, for Sex in the City than Julianne. So we are coming at this from two different directions as critics. So before I even press play on end just like that, I was pissed because I saw runtime 44 minutes. What the heck? What happened to 30? I need that 30 minute runtime. I'm curious if they're going to be cut shorter as the series goes on. Maybe it's just the first two because they're kind of bigger deals. I'm not sure. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we're getting supersized, supersized. Something, something I love about the original series and that is that it's short, it's snappy. You get in, you have a good time, you get out and you just can do it oh. over and over again. These okay. ones, they felt very long to me. Okay, okay. But to be fair, the, the two films were like two and a half hours long a piece and like yeah. yikes, so. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> <laughs> okay but i wanted to hear julianne your gut reaction coming out of the first episode of and just like that episode one. Oh my lord i 
unfortunately, a lot of the things that happened that I kind of had a feeling were going to happen, happen. Some done really well, some really cringe, and some just totally decisions that were made that just didn't quite fit tonally. Tonally, mm. this was all over the place, and I really hated that because I think the, yeah. the brilliance of Sex in the City was always that it was comedy and drama, sure. Probably but it's more, tight. But it's tight, and it it teeters that line really, really perfectly. And I think this just this is yeah. so awkward and clumsy. And uh, and yeah, I mean, I, we'll get to the the, the big news, but at the end, but like I, I'm I'm devastated. Um, even and I, and I as I mentioned in the preview episode, I knew it was probably going to happen at some point, unfortunately. But I'm still, it's too much too soon, quite frankly. And I think that uh, yeah. they just they really pulled the rug out from underneath us, I think, in a way that just felt too jarring and felt too dismissive of something that we were all looking forward to for a yeah. very long time. And uh, I'm I'm not terribly disappointed, but I'm also not super happy either. I'm kind of in the middle right now. I had a hit, hit pause and I, I had to process my emotions. I was very upset after watching this episode and I couldn't even go into the second one yet. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm feeling a lot of things. I'm feeling a yeah. lot of things. I, I agree. I think that, um, you know, between the movies and now, like, first of all, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that felt different, not necessarily because the characters have evolved, but just felt like the relationships have been tweaked a little bit for uh, the show. And so to not be able to explore any of that, um, and to just have it start by with change on top of change yeah. was, I agree, very jarring. And it would have been nice to to be able to explore the like intense over the top, like uh, like Hallmark, like love and romance that was going on between Carrie and Big. And now like, I the thing that I'm worried about is it's like, I know why they might've made this choice for getting back to something that resembles the original show a little bit more. But now I don't understand how we would be able to see the show uh, the rest of the season without it just being mourning mode for a whole season. Like how, how do you just go straight back to dating from this? And the scary part is that I did watch the little preview, the season, mm -hmm. the series preview after Me the too. second episode credits. And it feels tonally light and airy. Not saying yep. that the whole thing's gonna be like that. I God, I hope it's not because that's disrespectful. But it's like you you can't this this person, this person that Carrie has loved for over 20 years of her life, you're not gonna convince me that she's just gonna go right back into being who she was before this. He changed her life. Yes, she's still Carrie Bradshaw, absolutely, but he changed her life. Love does change your life. And and I'm not trying to sound all charlotte about it but like that's <laughs> that that's the love of her life you know whether you I, I know you're not a huge big fan but like that that's the core that's the core of her of her yeah. soul, her soul in many ways and it's like and now you're after all they've been through it's just like okay well we're starting anew and she has to start off no there's so many things as you said that could have been explored and I, i'm just disappointed that we didn't get to mm -hmm. live with them for a little while we haven't seen these beloved characters in like you said 11 years and now all we're going to get is what flashbacks? Well, let me stop you right there, Julianne, because I think we had to give the people a little goss right here at the top, but 
Uh, let's backtrack a little bit more because one, I think we'll have a lot to say about big yeah. for episode two, but also you're just going to have to listen to us dissect the rest of this episode and we'll get back to big. Yeah. So let's reel it back, lighten the mood a little bit. Um, yeah, I know. I know we're all feeling, we're all feeling right now. Um, because I have a, another general thought about this that I want to, I want to get your read on this. I have two things that I am overall extremely distressed about that I see this show going in the direction of that to me was a quintessential piece of the original series. Of course, Carrie is no longer a, um, a columnist right. for a, a newspaper or a magazine. What was she? It was a newspaper. Newspaper, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that is a major change, but I am disturbed by the whole narration going out the window. To me, that was such an important part of the original show was Carrie narrating what was happening for us. One, because you get the really good one-liners that are memorable and we all talk about even to this day. And two, because this show to me, there's a lot of clunky exposition that felt that felt really like funny and silly when Carrie was narrating it in the right. original show. And now the characters are having to say to each other exactly. and it feels really bad to me. It does. And and not to go back to the, the final scene, but that last line to me is the tackiest thing. One of the tackiest things the series has ever done as a whole. <laughs> <laughs> I just was disgusted by that. But yes, I agree. I mean, and one thing, and I'm sure you'll probably get into shortly is that when they're talking about Samantha, Mm-hmm. that for that exposition dump of what's been going on now great you as we discussed in our previous episode our preview we kind of knew samantha was in london we knew the gist of what was going on but just to, to act like they're just talking about now oh have you talked to her have you yeah. talked to her i'm it's like years harry come on you guys are close enough you should know that rana has not heard from her and neither has charlotte don't like it felt so awkward and so like you said clumsy and it didn't work yeah, I feel very strange about the the women do not seem like very good friends anymore. And I don't I don't know if maybe and I think that if, again, you're going to want to tune into episode two, because I have a lot of thoughts about their relationships uh, in episode two. But in episode one, I just feel like, I mean, maybe they wanted to capture that this is a part of, you know, as I was going to say adult life kind of fracturing the way that it does, but at the same time, they were adults in the first piece. You know, it's not like they were like the uh, 21 in the first right. one. Uh, so it feels very strange. Of course, they're all living their different lives with their different husbands and families, but it feels, I don't know. They do not feel very friendly to me with each other. I don't, I wouldn't say that as much, but I do feel... Hmm. Lost my train of thought. I just, I mean more that the divides between them feel much larger and that like the things that previously made them like, like unique pieces of one group now make them seem like their own thing in separate spaces. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm thinking especially of Charlotte. I'm feeling very uncomfortable with the depiction of Charlotte. And I, and I, as, as I feared, I don't think Charlotte's going to have a whole lot to do this season. And I really, I think that unfortunately now that Charlotte has everything she wants, 
all that they really have to give her is like the crazy neurotic mom thing. And yeah. as, as we mentioned in our preview episode, she's kind of jarring it out a little bit with her youngest daughter. There's some kind of tension there because she's not perfect and she's a little quirky and there's something going on there, which is interesting because Charlotte can't mm-hmm. immediately fix that. Charlotte can't just swoop in and say, this isn't perfect. I have to, I have to get Viagra. I have to do this. I have to, you know, everything she wants to change in her life previously, she has tried to change herself. Well, your daughter, you Mm -hmm. cannot, she's, she's who she is. So it will be interesting to see that, but I do, I agree though. It's a very, it's very much like, there's not a lot going on here. Yeah. We're bringing these women back. We have to have something to give them where where Miranda has a ton of stuff going on and Charlotte has so little. Right? Okay, I'm not. I'm not first. I'm not ready to talk about Miranda I, just I know, yet. That is, I'm really not ready. <laughs> but um, it seems as if they are. Um, if we're going to dive into the opening scene, it seems as if they yeah. are setting up a new friendship that seems only like it's a friendship with Charlotte with this other mother at the school. Lisa, yeah, LTW. That, yeah, that is feeling strange to me um, because, of course, we all knew that a some sort of fourth woman would be entering the group, right. but uh, she does not feel like someone, the new character does not feel like she is someone who would round out the group. So I'm curious how she's going to be implemented because so far it's just her and Charlotte being kind of snobby together. Yeah, we'll see. I think I, think I had mentioned it in our preview but i i think i i had heard this is totally a rumor but they there was possible rumors that they would become swingers charlotte and harry that may i can't see that happening i, I can't don't know but wouldn't it be kind of funny if lisa todd had this whole swinger life going on right and <laughs> introduced charlotte to this whole world it's kind of like eyes wide shut kind of thing that would that, i mean that would nobody would see that coming well <laughs> i gotta say you you had me totally disagreeing with you at swingers, but saying <laughs> eyes wide shut, that does seem a little up Charlotte's alley. That's a very bougie kind of type of swinging. Bougie, cultish kind of thing, right? I mean, I could see that. life. I mean, Charlotte needs some something up up there because well i mean harry seems very i don't know i think harry spice i i don't think he's got any any stick up his ass i think that uh yeah i think that you know he's a nice balance but i mean we also saw him once all the all the charlotte material was charlotte being a a boring person (laughs) and then harry came in for one scene and was like fun and then it's like okay next (laughs) so if we if we will let's let's start it from the beginning as we said opening sequence we get what opening sequence there's just a, a title which is odd right <laughs> although i was yeah. happy i was happy they kind of updated the little jingle i was like ooh, yay updated theme song kind of cool but they just throw us right into it which i which in yeah. a way i appreciate because they know no. that this, they know but they know this show is for people who have seen it and loved it it's not for people who haven't seen it before which i do like that I know it's not a Marvel movie, but I expected like a little bit of excitement and fanfare around each character reappearing. Like I thought there'd be some, even if it was just like a waiter, like rushing through a crowd with a cause, a plate of Cosmos. And then like, it kind of went like face to face as they got their drink. Some, just something. Instead it was just, she was like, oop. I'm I'm getting a table. Or even like a skyline view of the city and then swooping in to oh here here are our girls and going down to the restaurant or like or even yeah. like kind of shooting it from their heels up and you're like, oh, that's oh, scary. I love scary a heel. heels. You know what I mean? It's like something works. I agree. It, the, the, also the lighting in this is very odd. 
How do what do you mean? It's just that? bright. It's just super bright. And it, it feels, I don't know. It feels like off to what, like when, when we're watching someone die and the lighting is just like super, it, it just, the cinematography is kind of odd to me. You know what I mean? Um, I, this is not a conversation that I want to be about age or appearances, but um, it seems like there's a bit of a filter going on. I'm wondering oh. if there is something, there was some desire to have a uh, cosmetic filter on this right. show, which I think is a bummer if there is. It kind of goes against the whole conversation of Miranda talking about there's more important things in the world than the women aging. Well, then why the hell are you trying to make them look, you know, it's like, yeah, everyone, everyone wants to look better, but that's, that's totally understandable and fine. We all do. But like, is not the whole point of what you're saying in the show that you don't want to worry about that and you're fixated on that. Yeah. It, it's, it's weird. But, um, yeah, um, uh, but I want to know what you think. This is something that I don't know if I brought it up in the uh, intro episode, but it's something I've had on my mind, whether or not, the pandemic would be addressed and girl oh my god is miss corona addressed out the oh ass in my show. god and and you know what and it, it, it honestly i wish it wasn't because they they don't do it in a way that makes sense whatsoever they act like it's over girl it's not, over. It. it's not over and like yeah and they're no one's wearing a mask they're just talking about oh do you remember we had to stand six feet apart from each other and i'm like i can i can tell now. you right now that i live in new york city nobody is on the subway or in a subway station without a mask on matt everyone is masked if you go into a restaurant of course uh new york has pretty strong uh regulation that you have to be vaccinated to get into anything any indoor event but you wear a mask in, you get to your table, you take your mask, like they're, everyone is wearing masks. So you're right. It is very bizarre that like, it feels very untrue to the current moment. And it's also yeah. going to age really poorly. It serves no purpose to the plot. The only thing that's brought up again is when Big and Carrie are playing their records, which is apparently a, a thing that they, a routine that they've uh, developed since the pandemic started as they mentioned which is fine during lockdown people started doing things that kind of made themselves feel, feel better I that's that's it's a perfectly lovely gesture but that could have been for anything that could have been just this is our nightly routine of cooking dinner listening to records why did you have to bring the pandemic into it it, it there was no purpose honestly and then in the, the musical concert too the recital yeah. no one's wearing a mask they're all sitting near each other I'm like this would not be happening like it's yeah yeah very odd I wish they would have just left it out. Just ditched it out. We don't need it. Yeah. Um, and then it, yeah, whatever, whatever. Okay. We, we, our first cameo is Miss Bitsy Von Muffling. And uh, she's serves very little purpose, but she's here. <laughs> <laughs> she's here. And uh, Nathan Lane, who played her husband, Bobby. If you remember in season five, that's, that was, um, she was the woman who marries what they all thought was a very gay man. And to this day, we don't know if he was gay or not, why they got married, reasons, companionship, who, who knows. But he's not around. And later we find out that he died, apparently, which I is another thing when I'm like, Carrie would know that because Carrie and him were good friends. It just, I don't know why you'd have her and not him. It's so weird. But maybe they yeah. can get Ethan Lane to join the cast. I don't know. I, as someone, I have recently rewatched the series in preparation for this, but not being a super fan, uh, I knew that 
that I wouldn't get a bunch of the cameos, but, or remember them necessarily very well, but it is very obvious when a cameo is happening, even as someone who like, I remember Bitsy, but like, it was like, it was happening. And I was like, got it. A little Marvel fan service happening here. (laughs) Here we go. No. (laughs) Jeez. So some of the one-liners are okay. We get we go into but not as good as the series, but they're okay. We no, get, like, it's Miranda, all slapstick. It's, it's so yeah, weird. Yeah, Miranda kind of talks about how you know her and which is apparently this is a whole thing now is that Brady is sex obsessed with his girlfriend. He's he's seventeen, she says, which he's not seventeen because she had him in season four which was 20 years ago. So he's 20 years old. He is not the same age as Charlotte's daughter. That, that, that bugged me. I was like, why do you, why are you conveniently making him a teenager? He's not a teenager. He's an, he's a grown man at this point. Anyway. Yeah. And uh, I did like the condom thing. The condom, condom thing, thing was, funny. was fun. Uh, Carrie says now that's, that is seeing the condom is half full. Cute. Kind of yeah. funny. But uncharacteristic because that is something reminiscent of the old show that at least in these two episodes never happens again, really. Yeah. Right. And, and I think that's what that's what felt so heartbreaking as I was like, oh, we're off to an OK start. This this is these are the mm-hmm. girls having their little chat and chew and making one liners and joking and having frank conversations and and Charlotte mm-hmm. kind of being a little prudish. You're like, oh, my God, ew, because that's what Charlotte would do naturally. But Damn, I did. Crazy. I was pleased because Charlotte's reaction did not feel as dramatic or over the top as it would have. I thought it did. Again, I I was disappointed later because I was like, oh, like, yes, that is gross. And that is a Charlotte reaction, but she seems a little more open to talking about sex than she did before. Right. Um, And then, you know, she gets a little crazy again later. Um, Is this a safe space to discuss people's, uh, the the quality that I feel about people's performances. That, this is what we're here to do: critique the show. What are we thinking? Um, yes. what's going on with uh, Kristen Davis? Okay. <laughs> I just like I felt like mm-hmm. Cynthia Nixon and SJP were giving good good things, Vibes and then did, right, and then I felt like something very different was happening on the yeah. other side of the table oh man I hate to say this but I think she can't emote her face properly with all the work she's had done and I hate to say this because I listen I I've had Botox and injections myself I'm not I am all for and the lips me. are looking thank you thank you very much but I think there comes a point where you can't emote your face properly. And I don't think Kristen Davis can properly move her face. I also felt it in the um, uh, way she was speaking, not like, not, not the movement, but the actual like tone of her voice was feeling like, um, I don't even know, like this was some sort of like, she's in a Broadway theater, you know, projecting to the back of the house. Like I was like, okay, okay. You're just at lunch. Calm down. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's odd. She was like almost like underacting and overacting at the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I, I think Cynthia Nixon and SJP just went right back into the characters and I thought it felt completely natural. And yet Charlotte feels odd. Yeah. It feels a little off yeah. to me. And uh, as we see, she kind of, she's kind of uh, either at like too much or just not enough. I, I don't know. She, then yeah. she's super emotional later on. It, yeah, it's weird, but. 
Anywho. Now, I know that we had already mentioned the situation with Samantha and the yeah. way that she is discussed uh, discussed out of the show. Yeah. But um, did you find it bizarre that the situation is all Samantha's fault? Like, Carrie is such a saint. She was like, I tried so... I felt like if there was some sort of splitting of ways, no big deal. But the way that Carrie's like, I've tried so hard to get back in touch. Like, yeah. I thought I was more than a paycheck to her, blah, blah, blah. It's like... Well, no, I feel like a believable situation would have to be uh, a both sides thing. Sure. And I do think that that guilt is starting to wane on Carrie a little bit. As you see later on, you see kind of her looking through messages. And I think that might be the second episode. So we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm, yeah. but like, she, I think there's a little bit of guilt there that you're starting to kind of trickle out and see. But I will say it reminded me an awful lot, like the real life supposed controversy between the two of them. Indeed. I, I thought I was, I thought it was more than an ATM to her. Apparently not. And I think that is very much what SJP would think about Kim Cattrall. You know, I, I think it's something that was possibly thought and said in her head and then like, let's make it as realistic as possible. And that could have been the case. Well, and maybe um, what we're seeing is what we discussed in our preview episode that, um, you know, we're seeing one one person's side of the story and maybe Samantha has a very different uh, take and maybe Carrie's being a little uh, a little devious and not giving us the full the yeah. full scoop yeah yeah it's uh I know we kind of discussed it but like is there anything else you wanted to say about the situation itself I mean what we will talk about where we think she'd be right now later yeah but, uh, this is that's kind of the the end of Samantha for this yeah. first episode yeah pretty much and we go straight to Miranda shit from here oh my lord I don't even remember what happens right after this. All I wrote down was, wow, the Miranda shit is so underlined. Cringe. One, one little thing, one little yes. thing I will say since with Miranda, Miranda's hair debate. Charlotte is yeah. typical Charlotte. I think it just ages you. I think I, you know, you should just tie it back to the red. Listen, I love Miranda as a spicy redhead too. I do. She looks amazing, but yeah, that's not what she wants. And you just like, just shut up, Charlotte. Just the silver hair is chic. Is she? Yeah. And unfortunately, I have seen footage of her shooting more recently where she does have red hair again. So I'm curious of how that's going to play out. But it's a little bit like you're making such a big deal about it. And it's like it, it does it does work its way into the, the next couple scenes when she meets Professor. Mm-hmm. But I do think it adds little nuance to the situation where it's like it seems like the whole arc of Miranda's character right now is that she wants to be something that maybe she doesn't necessarily feel inside or that isn't authentic to her. And so hard, I think. Yeah. I think that there is something to be said about like, uh, you know, Carrie kind of says it that her hair is dyed and artificially. And well, of course, dying is artificial but it is dyed and she like wears it proudly that it's dyed and so I appreciated kind of the nuance that it gave where Miranda was like no I want to be someone who's comfortable with my age and then a minute later she's kind of like oh but do I want do I actually want to look a different way and I appreciate that it's exploring like well it's Miranda's choice it's not Charlotte's right yeah yeah, it's, uh, I will say, kind of skeeved me out, though, when you see Miranda coming out of the subway, and she's, she has, during a pandemic, as they've kindly noted multiple times at this point, she has her hand riding up 
the rail of the subway station and she touches her hair. And I went, God damn, Miranda, you don't want to dye your hair, but you're going to touch the greasy, slimy, pandemic, COVID-inducing subway rail and put that hand on your head? Oh, that just gave me the, I, I just, I could die inside. Well, anyway. I got to say, sometimes as a New Yorker, you got to do what you got to do. Oh my God, no. <laughs> You, you, huh. you know, no, you get gloves like Miss Sparkly Carrie, get her little sparkly mm. gloves, and that's how you go around the city because you don't want to touch anything. That, like, of all people, Miranda should be more cognizant <laughs> of that than freaking Carrie, but any, anywho. Yeah. So, well, and then Miranda goes into this bar, and I guess a new theme of Miranda is that she's, she's mean an, to bartenders. Or she's an alcoholic. Oh, I didn't get that. I just thought I, uh, in an episode two moment, like I was like, is she just mean to bartenders? It's 1045 AM and girlfriend wants a drink. I mean, like, calm down lady. And like, you know what? Yeah. I, that's a good point though, Parker, because you know, who's a, a bartender, her, her husband, husband. Her hubby Steve, maybe there's some resentment there. We don't know. Maybe this is her way of taking it out on you know, Miranda takes out on strangers all the time, takes her out, yeah. takes out her neuroses. So yeah, that that's interesting. Um, Weird. I definitely think there's some kind of theme going on where Miranda's hitting the, the bar a little too hard coming up. We'll talk about that <laughs> later. Um, but yeah, aside from that, we, we go into her first day of school, which is, I, I part of me, like, can't, I don't even want to talk about it because it's just so awful that it's like, it makes you want to die inside. Yeah. Mm. <sighs> but <laughs> let's, talk I mean, <laughs> it's like one of those things where, you know, it is, this is not the first show or movie or piece of media that is like trying to purposefully give you secondhand cringe, but it's not that I'm cringing at the intentional cringe. I'm just cringing that the, the, I don't even know how to say this quite right. The show's the show's dive into wokeness is manifesting in such a ham fisted way. Oh my God. And like, as people who I think would consider themselves pretty like with it and pretty liberal and like wanting to be progressive thinking, like I, I was just like, please sex in this or please. And just like that, like, just like, just be a little nastier. Like, why do you have to be doing this? And you know, I was thinking about, I think because of the lack of Samantha, who was notoriously non-PC, mm-hmm. non-PC character, I think that's to the fault. To a fault. Yeah. yeah, I think that's missing here. And I think it's like, damn, now we have the other three who are a little, who are obviously more kind of uh, self-aware, I guess, to an extent. And then with Samantha missing, I think that that part is missing too. Now we're almost going so much in the other direction that it feels unnatural. It, feel, it feels so unnecessary to the characters. You can make fun of their character. You can make fun of them. You can make fun of their mistakes yeah. and, and recognize that, that, yeah, the show in the past was not made a lot of mistakes regarding stuff, social causes and stuff like that. However, you can still make it natural to where their characters are and not hand fist it down our goddamn throats. It, it, yeah. It, yeah. It's a little odd. It's, ugh. it's, it's, it's very clear that they're trying to make up for it for yeah. the past show. And yeah. they're trying to prove something and like you said, like, it just does not feel authentic because I think in the preview episode, I said something that I hoped for the show was that they would find a way to redeem those things about the show and show that people can evolve and people can learn. And that is actually words that have been shared between Miranda and I'm sorry, I don't know anyone's character's name yet, uh, but the professor. 
I think Dr. Nia Wallace, I believe her name is. Dr. Nia Wallace. They said these words to each other that like people learn, people grow, whatever. But uh, I do not see people learning and growing. I see people trying to prove something to an audience that okay. thinks that an old show is uh, problematic. I absolutely agree. I couldn't agree more. Ooh. Speaking of which, let's talk about Carrie and a podcast another also cringe woke moment is that, is that what they say right woke moment. <laughs> yes it is that is another thing where i was like i was like is this whole show going to be me curling into the fetal position and wishing that i was somewhere else oh god i wrote in my note you know the the video the high gay video hi gay oh yeah <laughs> I said this whole, this is the series length version of the high gay video. It is all people being like, like the, in the video, sashay away with great deals. Oh. Like it feels like this corporate, corporate speak for like relating to, to the, to the, um, what do you call, um, Gen Z. Gen Z. I was going to say to, um, a diverse audience diverse audience in general yeah for sure um you know as the the the, the token cis hetero woman that carrie is um she's not a prude she never was but she's also a little bit more she's not quite as open with her sexuality she's a little bit like you got the series i mean there were moments where you'd be like Carrie, damn, you're a sex columnist. Why are you being so shy about talking about stuff like this? Like there were moments she's always kind of been that way, but God damn, she just, the way she freezes up, I'm like, like, come on, Carrie. Like well, it's an anal joke. Like she, like she makes one little <laughs> anal joke and I'm like, oh, you got better in you than that. Like she's the yeah. same woman who worried about a politician wanting to pee on her and calling it the princess and the pee. I mean, come on. This is like, this <laughs> is. <laughs> You got it. You got it in you, girl. Like, where did I mean, you go? I appreciated the excuse that she gave later of like, I'm used to writing and like sure. being able to refine my words. Sure. Um, and you know, podcasting is different as both of us know, Absolutely. but I also thought that that would have been a great opportunity for these two comedians who are being crass and being crazy for her to continue, you know, improv, do a little yes. And, but refine the conversation because a point of this group is that the other two podcasters are young and hip and trying to be zingy and fun and Carrie is older. And so I feel like Carrie had the opportunity to bring refinement to the conversation, but still like Carrie, why can't you talk about masturbating? Like oh my Lord. What and, the hell? And then as we go into later, she doesn't know if her husband of like 13 years, if he masturbates, come on, girl. And you don't know if he has lube, yeah, he has lube in his nightstand night right next to you that you sleep to, next to him every night. You don't you don't know that shit? Like, come on. I just it, yeah, it's very bizarre. And I was kind of hoping that as as Carrie notes, she's good with relationship questions. She's good when people call in with relationship problems and talking about them and stuff like that. That's where I kind of thought this was going to go. As we had mm -hmm. mentioned in our preview, I thought she was going to kind of become a guru. People were going to come call into her, say, hey, I had this issue. And she's good at kind of giving advice to people, but yet at the same time, dealing with her own uh, maybe premenopausal, perhaps, you know, sex life and what that is with big I kind of was hoping for something like that and 
the masturbation scene as we see later I was like oh this is kind of interesting like she wants him to masturbate in front of her that that could be kind of hot she should join him and then it goes bad scene it, it but then it's like it goes nowhere yeah and, and you know grant, grant you like he Ooh. pulls her closer to him they kind of have a little thing and it's sweet but it's like carrie why are you so awkward this is like right i, just I gotta don't... say that was one of the least sexy sex scenes i've seen in but my it, life it could it could have been like he was like oh that's an event i want to attend and i'm like yeah that's something that you should do in front of your husband though but it's like that could be kind of hot that's where i thought this was going to be going i was like that's a cool way of spicing up your sex life and kind yeah. of talking about maybe using toys and stuff like that, using lube, whatever. It's like, and then they just go to where they go to. And I'm like, what, what the hell was the point of that? Well, I would like to use this opportunity to bring up another issue that I have that I think will be an overarching issue for the series. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would be the lack of a theme. Something that yeah. I think is really good about the old show is that every episode has a theme and that makes it not only just like snap along where you can jump into each woman's life and see how they're dealing with that theme but it also brings some sort of like resonance to it where it's like every issue even if it's one of the like more um cringe episodes of the old series it's like oh yeah like what an interesting look into a specific world something that may connect with me something that may be like oh interesting people like I just felt like that was yeah. something that was so, so smart. Um, yeah yeah and, and so, so there's empathetic. no here I think that's the issue and I think although I will argue with you and say I think perhaps right. the theme that you're missing here is step your pussy up I think that's the overarching theme here. <laughs> step the pussy up is my uh that was that was when I wrote down the this is the high gay video um <laughs> Oh my goodness. Um, oh my God. But I I just think that the show seems to think that we are interested in just seeing like, oh, where'd these women end up? And that's not really what we're interested in seeing. Like, yes, we want to see the women. But the thing we loved about the women in the first place was how they were grappling with these issues around sex and sexuality and identity and all those things in the past. And it just, that seems so missing. Like, I just don't care that Charlotte is like a crazy mom. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. No, no shock. Um, I will say it is kind of cute that her, her new dog is called Richard Burton because her previous dog was Elizabeth Taylor. That, that was, oh. was her husband. I was like, that's really cute. Okay, that, that works for me. They made um, sure to say it and then pause. Uh-huh. Like, hey, <laughs> see guys, wink, wink. Yeah, <laughs> you catch that reference? <laughs> um, I did notice, which I, this is unrelated to anything, but they actually used score samples from the original films. How do you feel about that? You probably didn't notice that, but I did. Do you think that's, that sounds recycled to you? Is that is that kind of like weird that they would use the same... Um, I noticed I didn't, immediately in like the Charlotte scenes when they're in. The I didn't apartment. notice uh, it as that kind of issue, but I noticed that the score is a lot more present than it, I ever noticed it being in the past. In, like, the actual series, right? It, it yeah. feels more cinematic. Cinematic, yeah, I guess, and that's what they were going for in the film. Well, yeah, I, I just, I it's it's used in a way that is like 
it, it's guiding the emotion of the scene rather right. than sometimes sometimes the music is telling me how to feel rather than the characters right, right. and don't get me wrong the score by Aaron Zygmunt is actually beautiful it's a beautiful score yeah. I love the, the the film score however I do agree that there were some things where I was like you know this is the score is kind of guiding me more than the actual scene is and that's that's a problem yeah felt that way a few times I do agree with you with that so uh, I just wanted to make a note of that because the first I have in my notes the first time I noticed it was what was at the apartment with, with Charlotte when yeah. she when Harry comes home I was like oh I recognize that that score that's from the film and uh of course Charlotte's apartment still looks amazing her Park Avenue <laughs> apartment um yeah. pink and flowery and perfect uh yeah she seems to possibly I don't, I don't want to say favor Lily but she might be a little bit closer to her than Rose what do we think well because she understands Lily Rose is yeah. a, a daddy's girl yeah. and that's like you said that's going to be the conflict of Charlotte's character yeah. is that yeah. she's gonna have to loosen up for her tomboy daughter yeah um which tomboy also outdated phrase yeah. um yeah, I thought all of the apartment. Well, I do we see Miranda's apartment? I don't quite recall. Yeah, we do. I think we do. Maybe in the second episode, is it? Yes, that's right. So we'll save that. To me, Carrie and Big's apartment, it looks like Big might have taken a pay cut. It, I thought it would be a lot um, more grand. It's definitely different than the second movie, right? It looks yeah. totally different. I mean, it's a beautiful apartment. Beautiful apartment. Yeah, I mean, it's it looks it actually looks pretty big. I thought to me for you know, yeah. it's a penthouse apartment. But yeah, gorgeous. Um, we got, of course we got to talk about. It's it's super lovely. She walks in from her day and. They're cooking, they're playing records, they're vibing. Um, too I, much, too much. I, see, I loved it. I, I I needed to see more of that. I, I wished for more of that because before they just freaking did what they did. But uh, she, she calls him Mr. Big. They're just, I just can't. And like, I kind of, I, I'm not going to lie. I kind of wanted a little bit of fan service and like Moon River. I've been too much, but I, I love that scene in season four where they're just dancing and it just yeah. breaks my heart. But uh, yeah. And I don't know. I, uh, I just wanted to see, I wanted to see not all, you know, roses. I wanted to see like, you know, they well, were always. And eventually you didn't see roses. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, no, actually I saw a lot of, yeah. Yeah. A lot. I was about to say a lot of flowers later. Um, no, but I just think that they had a sharp way with each other that was still romantic, but yeah. very, you know, uh, uh, sassy. Yeah, and I yeah. I didn't see any of that. I saw all like, oh, we're cooking, oh, we're record playing, oh, oh, we're so sweet. and I was just like, Ugh, I don't buy it. Interesting, because I actually did see that. I, I saw, I was like, oh, this this is exactly where I thought they would be, in like their age and like all these years married. I thought it was kind of sweet. Um, I thought it was like yeah. their dynamic is playful and fun, and he, you know, they still have a little bit of that throwdown. Like he takes her and he grabs her on the bed. Like, I thought that was kind of cute. Yeah, I, I I buy it, but I again, you're well, not. A Big fan, so well, I think that unfortunately, I had seen on the internet uh, what happened before I watched the episode. Oh, no. Um, yeah, from my own workplace, nonetheless. Yeah. Um, but um, I just, I so, I mean, my my perception is colored by that, but I could feel that it was setting me up to be heartbroken later. Like it, it felt intentional. Like and it. I think even if I didn't know, I'd be like, they're really buttering me up for something. Interesting. Yeah. I actually, I thought the opposite. Cause I didn't know I, I had it. Like I said, I had an idea that was going to happen at some point in the series, but I didn't know it was going to happen this episode. And, uh, 
I thought it was a perfectly lovely way to reintroduce us. And I kind of wish that we would have seen more of not just moments like that, but moments of them navigating their sex life. And like, perhaps like, you know, as big says, I'm not 30 anymore. I need lube and like stuff like that would have been really lovely to see. And, uh, I still see that spark between, I still see that spiciness and, uh, I, I wish you could see it too, but it's a shame. Um, well, I thought it was playful and fun. I'm just yeah. saying that I felt like it was overkill. Like it was overkill. Okay. Yeah. Because the scene also had really no impetus except like, let's look at how romantic they are with each other. I was like, okay. Well, it's, it's set up of like, obviously the Peloton thing. You find out he's a Peloton. Yes. It's set up of like the record thing, the Todd Rungan thing, like the hello, it's me again. Um, yeah. I mean, I so, thought that uh, the Peloton thing was also a really heavy hand. Like, a, like yeah. a, I was watching a parody movie. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. That was a little much too. And I was like, yeah, big use of Peloton. I had, it, like, you know, like I was like, that's interesting. Well, I think it makes sense. But yeah, the like, yeah. the like woman uh, like, instructor. Uh, yeah, I was yeah. like, come on, come on. A little on. much, a little much. Oh boy. Um, Before we dive into... Actually, okay, I guess we can start. Let's do the, I guess the recital. Um, Stanford. So, uh. Well, yes, but what's, what's that's not, we don't see them until the recital. So let's go into the recital and then we'll talk about Stanford and Anthony. Um, okay. What the recital? What do you mean? Oh, you no said, what? let's go into the recital. No, what? No, no. I want to talk about bef- the moment before when Carrie yeah. leaves big. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, With the cigar. The cigar. So I kind of could feel something brewing from the moment when Carrie's all dressed up and she's wearing her beautiful blue wedding shoes, Manolo Blahniks that she wore to her wedding. And uh, she looks at Big and she's getting ready to leave. And he's like, I'm just looking at you. And I went, oh shit, yeah. something is going to happen. I could just feel it. And uh, Carrie- The star like, is born all over again. Oh my God. Just want to get another look at you. <laughs> oh. uh. My, my heart and Carrie is on her way to the recital which she didn't want to go to we, we haven't quite mentioned that yet Carrie did not want to go to this recital because they had plans to yeah. go to the Hamptons that was a huge Bad. huge deal and I could not figure out initially why this damn recital was such a big deal and it kind of irritated me in the, in, during the first chat and she, I'm like what I'm like Charlotte just shut up it's just a, it's, it's a recital who cares yeah. like I, the show's I got not, a sleuth in not not who cares but like it's just so it's too much and then here we find out it was set up for this whole big scene but uh yeah so we arrive and um we we see stanford and anthony yes. for the first time hi guys we uh, miss them they're not doing uh, honestly well. yikes they what they're not doing too well but honestly seeing them i was like these are the first characters in this whole show that I'm like, I believe that. <laughs> Not even in a mean way. I was just like, I was like, this seems like them. Yeah. I loved yeah. it. I thought it was so cute. And of course, seeing Stanford is a little, um, you know. A little emotional. Yeah, a little yeah. emotional. Um, Willie Garson plays him beautifully. Yeah, it's just, and uh, we find yes. out Anthony, Anthony is in fact, starting uh i think it's called hot fellas bakery i think i did see mention that in our previous yeah. episode uh and he's some sort of sourdough thing some sort of sourdough thing with hot guys and he's scrolling through looking for hot guys and and sanford gets pissed at that but uh 
they're all sitting together at the recital and we see Lisa Todd again. We see Steve and Miranda. Steve is the first time Steve has popped up, I think, if this is the first moment with him. Yes, and he's Steve. lost some of his hearing. Oh, Steve, Steve. And I don't know if it's, I the, again, I keep saying things and I'm like, I'm, I'm not trying to be mean. Yeah. I don't know if it's actually the actor or if it is some sort of, he's always had a weird voice, but- uh, I don't know. If, wonderful. I think you mean wonderful. Wonderful. Yes. But <laughs> I was the way he was speaking. I was like, is he putting on like an old man voice? Oh, like Miranda, my hearing's gone. You, you, I love it. It's weird. It's I weird. love it. Everyone loves <laughs> no, it. He's cute. I'm saying like <laughs> besides Stanford, like Steve was, was pulling the heartstrings for me. So I'm not yeah. against it. I'm sure. just saying Absolutely. it was like, here is a character coming in. Absolutely. Um, I did and I have to you. say at the recital, not, not Lily, no, not Rose, not Rose, because she's an incredible pianist, but one of the pianists before Rose is playing Mozart Sonata in C, which I also played at a piano recital in my oh, youth. Relatable. So I was like, that's me childhood moment um that i think that is lisa todd's son correct no no no. it was the, it was the one that we don't see who's playing it was oh. after lisa todd's son was apparently a disgrace to the grandmother uh and then okay. before we see rose okay which i i i will mention real quick i actually do like lisa todd and her husband they seem kind of interesting yes. to me they seem kind of fun kind of like he has he's very much like okay he ain't got it give me the wine like I, yeah. I i cracked up with that i was like you know what they seem kind of cool i'm curious to see yeah. them more get got more acclimated with them the but, characters uh, are fun they just yeah. I, they're so random they're it's so like, random what's happening with them but they'll probably i'm i'm assuming play more importance later on we'll see swingers yeah eyes wide shut uh <laughs> i don't know i'm feeling really not confident in the um in the screenwriting for this yeah it's really getting yeah. up i know i know but uh miranda gets out the wine she calls hilarious it, calls it tween mozart which cracked me up but that was super yeah. good. uh I, I wrote again does miranda have a drinking problem question mark i think she does so, well i will have to say i've sat in many a theater and snuck some wine out of my bag so <laughs> i think she might but Did that scene class? was relatable she doesn't what? have a class she ha just has cups doesn't she Yes, yeah, she has paper cups and a bottle, which I have never done that. I always that go is, to a store and either get a can or like a mini box, but something dedication. that you can drink straight out of. That is damn dedication, girl. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we get to Lily and she's a master pianist in her beautiful Oscar de la No, Rose is. No, Rose is the youngest one. Lily is the youngest <sighs> one. Yeah. Okay. I got that all wrong earlier. That's all right. And uh, it intersplices with big on the Peloton. And I went very dramatic me because this is gonna have re really happening right now so okay wait i had a thought that maybe something different was happening oh you did okay. i did if i did not already know that he was going to die and i literally knew it would involve a peloton if i did not know that i thought if the theme of this episode were masturbation, it would be hilarious if the music were playing and he was just pedaling so hard that he had some sort of little uh, self-cycled, um, you know, orgasm. I Ooh. thought that would be really funny. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Kind of hot, yeah. He, uh, unfortunately, that's not what happened, but- uh, Yeah, a different death. Here's the thing. 
here's a question I, I present to you. Mm. Is Lily a master life ruiner of Carrie Bradshaw, of her aunt Carrie Bradshaw? Because goddamn, in the wedding, she ruins that too. And then she freaking kills the guy. What is her problem? <laughs> I blame Lily. Okay, I think that's very cruel of you. <laughs> I just called you Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's very cruel of you, Julianne. I think that a, a theme of the show is that life happens, and especially oh, blah, blah, blah. we need to uh, to forgive the children. I mean, that's not a theme of the show, but I'm just oh. telling you. Oh, please. And if anyone, as the show gets a little heavy-handed with, uh, you know, the blame could have been Charlotte's, but it's yeah. all Carrie's choice to go. So no. Oh, sure. And I we, would like to pose to you, Julianne, that that is rude. <laughs> and I don't care. So we see Carrie's kind of messing with her wedding ring, kind of fidgeting a little bit. Seems okay. For a very long time. A very long time. We think she's like, feels something in her gut, but she's not checking her phone. I will notice though, she, at no point is she wearing her black diamond ring that Big gives her famously in the end of movie too and I think that's kind of odd she I never see her wearing that and that's I don't know that's a little bit well, weird to me something that I kind of mentioned earlier but didn't actually say is I do feel like this is a little revisionist like we yeah. uh I I know you've mentioned on our Instagram and in our preview episode but you and I are horror fans mm -hmm. and for a show like Sex and the City I will enunciate horror fans <laughs> uh because sometimes that word gets dicey but there's a wave of hor a horror trend going on right now of new movies that are just like, we're going to do a direct sequel to the original. How the new Halloween movie from 2018 was a direct sequel to the original. Mm -hmm. The new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie that's coming out, direct sequel to Candyman. Like, it's happening. Yeah. And I wonder if this show is wanting to only deal with the TV series and just kind of forget the movies. Well, we can't say that because she does, they do acknowledge the movie that the fact that they're even married and the fact that she's wearing her blue shoes. There are callbacks to the, to the wedding. There are, yes. there are callbacks to the score itself is from the film. But yeah, but I, I don't yeah. disagree. I think they're just, I think they're just kind of uh, focusing on what they want to focus on and not yeah. really, you know, other stuff that maybe yeah. hardcore fans like myself are like nitpicky, like, hey, I, you forgot this. Don't yeah. really matter to them. So whatever. But I agree with you. It is a very long buildup, something yeah. that in a show or a movie, it's frustrating to be like, well, at this point, I know something's happening. Right, right. And uh, just as I feared, Big has a freaking heart attack on the Peloton, drops his phone to the shower, can't call for help. And we just see him pummel to the ground and just slowly just go kind of in and out of consciousness, I guess, and carries yeah. on way home. Carrie gets a text from Big saying that he wants to go tonight to the Hamptons as she was kind of hoping for. And we see her. She must've gotten home real fast. Oh <laughs> man. We see her walk in and when you hear the shower running and then you just know it's not good. You just know that he's just, he's out of it. Uh, he's still alive, mm -hmm. but they share a last moment picture. Yeah. And she runs to the sheet. Well, no, I'm sorry. She doesn't run. She sits there and stares at him awkwardly. And well, for dramatic pause, I guess out of shock, sure, but it felt like for a little bit too long. Where the, why the hell didn't you call nine one one? Yeah, I have to say, I feel the same way, but in the opposite way, where I felt like them looking at each other, and he has like a moment of like you can see in his eyes, like a little "I love you" going out. Yeah. I thought that was touching, 
And then when she screams and runs, of course, that's what I thought was going to happen immediately. So there is an awkward connection between those two moments because then she panics and doesn't do anything. So I thought like if she saw him and has kind of this stoic, like understanding moment between each other, that was nice. She comes in, she screams, she freaks out. That's nice. But having both was kind of, yeah, awkward to me because they both last a little too long. That's that's what I mean. Like the, the dramatic pause was, I was just like, okay, Carrie, like get it together. Like go do something, go be proactive and she, it's just it was a little bit too long of a moment and yeah it felt yeah. Too, it felt like too much like a soap opera and this the show itself yeah. before that felt so light and airy that it didn't fit for me and uh yeah well, and I thought she was gonna have some sort of moment of saying like like what are you doing on the ground like having it was just like it was zero to a hundred it hits her yeah when it does hit her it hits her really hard but uh yeah she runs to him she, I, it breaks my heart. Her, her shoes get ruined and she, knowingly she just goes, runs to the shower and she's, she's soaked and she just holds him. And listen, it's a very, very beautiful moment between the two of them. It, I mean, if he's going to die, which I don't, I never wanted him to die, but if he's going to die, at least it's like he dies in her arms and he, yeah. kind of, you know, there, there's love there. She keeps calling him honey, which is weird. Cause we've never seen that before between the two of them. I don't think she's ever called him honey that we've seen. But how will we know? Because we only seen them once in the last freaking eleven years, so who knows? Yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, and he, and Mr. and and just like that, big dies. <laughs> oh my god! Oh. Was I? I was like, I was crushed, and then I was pissed. That last line again was like the tackiest thing I think <laughs> you could ever say or do after all this time of not having voiceovers or having Carrie speaking. Not even like, and just like that, my life changed as, as I know it. That's what I would have written, written as, or mm. ju- and just like that, I lost a piece of myself that day. Like so- something, just acknowledge that this is the love of her yeah. life. I and- mean, it it seems like it's going to be uh, a recurring thing that will get one line of voiceover as the kicker for every episode. Yeah, but you're right that like this is not the scene to have a kicker in. Like there's no, this isn't the scene to have a cute little tie into the title. And just. Um, like Mm. Yeah, I agree. It felt very strange. Uh, it was, ugh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, uh, I'm heartbroken. I really am. I, I really was hoping that if they were going to make that decision to kill Big Off, which is not terribly shocking, but to kind of wait to maybe do it closer to the end of the season, a finale, a finale, or bring us into like, okay, now. You saw you saw them together for a season, and now we're going to change things, and now we're going to see what life is like for Carrie without Big. Okay, fine, like I'm okay with that. But right now, it's just it was just again too much too soon, and um, well, I, I'm going to miss him. I'm going to miss the character of Mr. Big. He was just he was someone who he was the fifth most important. He was the Chrysler Building, as Carrie always called him, of, of New York City, and I think it's just it. I don't know. I'm very, I'm very heartbroken about it. Yeah. And as you mentioned before, like it was going to be interesting to see different marriage dynamics and Carrie and big were the only ones from this episode that have the marriage that could be explored in that way, because something's going on with Charlotte that is separate from Harry. And we're going to focus on this crazy thing. Charlotte's going through. And, um, 
Miranda and Steve, not so much in this episode, but in the future, seem like they're not doing so well. And so, like, that's a dynamic to explore. But it doesn't seem like we're going to have anyone where we will be exploring just, like, the ins and out, uh, the ins and outs of having a functional marriage. That takes work. So... It is a bummer, and if it had been a a season finale thing for um, him to die, then we could have started the next season being like, oh, I've been mourning for a year. I'm ready to get back out there. And now we're going to have to have a weird thing where they're going to have to write away for us, the viewers, that she's somehow over it now. And it's just, it's so, it's, yeah, it's so, it's cringy. And I think like, and, and as we as we will discuss for our next episode for episode two, like Carrie is not Carrie's way too, I don't want to say emotional, but Carrie is, is very much like when she's devastated, not crying wreck mess like that, but she, she feels that she allows herself to be depressed. And in, in this case, like the way that they're going, going to go about it, how are you going to not have her be mopey? And just like you said, just push her out to dating again. It's just, it's just so, so weird. And she's going to be yeah. boring the love of her life, I would imagine for a very long time. And you just yeah. do it like that. It, it's just, it's so strange. And like, yeah, and like you said, I, I would have loved to have seen possibly open marriages, spicing up your marriage questions of, you know, where are Carrie and maybe, maybe there's a sex injury, maybe because, because he can't have <laughs> vigorous sex, you know, maybe they have to have boring sex because she, because he can't really do anything too yeah. wild. And there's something to be said there. And yet you're giving people like, okay, well now he's dead. What? Yeah. Yeah. Carrie mentions that maybe he needs a supplement to uh, right. have sex. Like, you know, right. stuff like that There's is real. There. And I don't understand why we're introducing new characters to the show if Carrie just has to be taken back to her old Carrie. Exactly. I thought there would be new conduits for old Carrie. Exactly. And so that's frustrating because, like you said, those are good things to explore. Part of the show is that these are older women. We're going to be exploring life and romance for older women. And part of the things that her and big were alluding to dealing with in the first episode are things that older couples who are not in their twenties or thirties have to deal with. Right. And so it was going to be interesting, but that is not the show that I guess we will be watching. I guess not, but I I'm very disappointed in that decision. because I think it's, I think for people and again, I, I recognize that death and sudden death is a very real thing. Yeah. Television should reflect. I get that. And I, I respect that. But at the same time, it's like, you really should, it's like for people watching who are either the same age as the women in the show or who are younger like us, who are, know they're going to be at that age at some point and looking at, you know, the future kind of, it's perfectly okay to explore that your life doesn't stop. The whole point is your life doesn't end at 55. So why did you make a 60 something year old's life stop. <laughs> I don't know. It, yeah. just, it just, it just didn't, it doesn't work for me. And uh, got to get over it. Cause that's what we're going, but yeah, yeah not happy. Not happy guys. Yeah. Oh, and just like that, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about Samantha, honey. Yeah. I'm tired of talking about these, uh, these women. These I've had enough of them. <laughs> I had enough. Okay, I do have a thought about Samantha that is unrelated to uh, where you were about to head that I would like to posit. I am glad personally that that character, one that is beloved by me, uh, is not having to deal with the um, 
is not having to deal with the way these characters have been updated. I think that would have been a far too tricky task for the writing that we are seeing so far in this show. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. That's a complex character that would be a complex character to depict now. And I feel like I'm seeing a lot of flattening happening. I agree. I agree. And I think that's, it's unfair to all of them, but especially it would be unfair to her. Yes. Especially because sure, Samantha could have evolved and be more hip and liberal, but a woke Samantha is not a Samantha that I want to see. No, definitely not. So as you all know, as our show suggests, we, we are here to talk about where we think Samantha would be up to, whether or not she's and that could be applied to if she is in London. In fact, as, as we have found out. <laughs> we're or, starting conspiracy theories <laughs> about that. <laughs> Kara got rid of her and dumped her body in the... <laughs> <laughs> I like, think she's a spy. She's watching Carrie ooh, creeping around New York. Yeah. <laughs> or, or we could apply it to if she was a part of actually the series and where, and if she was still part of the friend group. So we, we could go either way. It's pretty liberal mm-hmm. where we want to go with this. And uh, yeah. How about you, Parker? Where do you think Miss Jones would be doing if she were involved? Mm-hmm. In well, I'm going to give you a two for one because I'm going to fix a problem that I have with the show and tell you where Samantha would be. Because like I said, I need a theme to run on. I need this quippy fun Um, I couldn't help but wonder if everyone's having public sex. No, I'm just kidding. I see. I'm no Carrie Bradshaw. I can't make that up. But I really latched on to this podcast conversation that unfortunately is an unfortunate conversation, but I latched on to this theme of public sex or masturbation in public, something like that. And I couldn't help but wonder As we were seeing Carrie and Miranda make this, you know, very random choice to just use the men's restroom that had no consequence or or payoff in any way uh, for the rest of the show, if that could have been used to set up part of the theme, I picture Samantha, you know, waltzing in in some beautiful gown, showing off a little... Uh, a little skin for the men, see who can she could grab. And then when the uh, when the show started, the pianist started tickling those keys. If she might slip out to that same bathroom and show us a little public sex of her own in the stalls. I agree. I think Samantha would be getting railed right against the piano, right up on right on top of a piano backstage with the newly divorced high school uh. teacher. The Manhattan School music, who's like the hottie, the, the I think that would be that would be would be Samantha Jones. She would be like it's kind of like in season six when she meets up with Smith at the party of their old friend who just got went through a breakup, and she has like that purse party that she's like that crazy mm-hmm. lady played by uh oh god what is her name oh Stifler's mom who's Stifler Stifler. <laughs> American Pie, the uh, Jennifer. Oh, is it the one that jumps out the window? No, that's Lexi Featherstone. But they look kind of similar, so I can get that. Jennifer Coolidge is in Sex in the City. Yes, she's she's that's the scene she's in. She plays like this crazy woman who uh, they go to her purse party and she freaks out and she's mad because (laughs) she catches Samantha and Smith fucking in her uh, in her Mm. the catering room. But yeah, 
I, Samantha is no stranger to public sex. And yes. she's, she's, she is getting railed right behind that stage. She snuck away. She made eyes with the new, the new teacher, the new newly divorced young teacher, n- new stud. And <laughs> she's getting railed behind that backstage and just getting on, uh, pounded against the piano. She definitely showed up to yes. the recital. She's, supportive. She, 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 she's a good friend. She's, she's supportive. She's there, but she's not hanging around. Yeah, she likes to throw a wrench in Charlotte's plans. And even maybe, see, I pictured her in the bathroom, but if she were backstage, maybe like the women see like Samantha's head peek out from behind the curtain or something while they're doing, that would be funny. Moving like in a... Yeah, yeah, that would be good. And I know that they've addressed public sex before on the show. There's that one where where Miranda is dating a guy that only wants to have sex in public. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, Will Arnett. Yeah, when they're having sex. And uh, and so, you know, it could have had the same little voiceover thing that was like about, you know, if all sex is public or something, you know, whatever she yeah. said in that episode, yeah. you know, it could have been an update to that. So that's where Samantha would have been in episode one of in just like that i agree that is god damn i miss her i miss her already yeah they are very much keeping the window open it seems like those writers are thirsty for kim control to sign on and we're all thirsty i mean but like yeah yeah, we just I'm, i'm missing the sex I don't care. I was going to say, this show does not seem about to be about sex at all. No. I mean, and I grant you, I know it's a, it's a new chapter. It's a new segment, but damn, like but sex doesn't end when you're, when you're in your, your midlife. Yeah. Kids. Yeah. yeah. Oh God. But yeah. All right, honeys. Any uh, final thoughts? Let's do our rating system. I would love to hear. Uh, I must call you Carrie again. Oh my God. Yeah, what are you doing to me? <laughs> I would love to hear, Julianne, what you would rate this episode on our scale of Samantha's orgasms. Okay. So as a refresher, bad is funky spunk. Not Mm -hmm. great is James's small dick. Mm. Eh is pearl thong. Good is Richard's stickalicious dick. And excellent is raw sex with Smith. Uh, and uh god i long I, for the days i long for the days of excellent raw sex with smith but we're not there yet I, i'm torn between a pearl thong and dicklicious dick because i don't think it's 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 eh but it's not quite it's not it's not quite eh, but it's not quite good either it's kind of like a three five out of five so i'm thinking like pearl thong dicklicious kind of in between Ooh, she's generous. Yeah, that's I, that's a little generous, right? It's like, yeah, maybe close no. to Pearl Thong. Go with it. Sure, Pearl Thong. I was in between uh, Funky Spunk and oh. James's small Ooh. dick. <laughs> Damn. Listen. He's he not happy. I think that there is plenty of room for me to now settle in to what they've given us and to climb the rankings but i gotta say i think i'm gonna go with james's small dick on this one because as far as openings go this one is not for me yeah i think the things that were strong were strong but i think much of the things that were not were definitely not and uh yeah i expected kind of more i thought we were off to a really good start and then uh after five minutes after five minutes (laughs) down oh <laughs> uh, all right well we'll see you shortly for episode two
So Miss Bradshaw, Julianne, where can people find the Samantha Diaries podcast if they need a little more? We're at at Sam Diaries Pod on Instagram. Primarily on Instagram, Twitter, I've admittedly been neglecting at the moment, but Instagram, we are very active. Email Samantha Diaries Pod at gmail.com. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. Yes, we would. And for me, I'm at the Jewel Marie. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, as for you, Parker, Miss Miss you. <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, uh, at Parker Del Rey. And make sure you head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave the Samantha Diaries a rating and a review because that would help us out. And uh, we will see you next week for the little black dress. Bye, honey. Absolutely. Honey, they don't call it a job for nothing. Mm-hmm.